This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week, we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers to a witch in good time. Welcome back, witches. I am so excited to announce, not announce, just kidding. I'm just excited to introduce you all to the next episode in season four, which is a literary witch episode with a literary witch episode. Book witch. We're doing something different for literary witch coven corner this season. Um, Last year, you all were very kind to me and let me just read you poetry on a bi-weekly basis. Which people loved. Diane's <laughs> working on like taking all compliments I did. today. She's working on taking compliments and everybody loved Literally Witch. So we all could use a little poetry, especially last year. So. Yeah. So while that was lovely and everyone was so gracious and I'm so grateful for your support of that, we've decided that instead of bonus mini episodes, you're going to get one big extra special book coven episode and one extra special herb corner episode. One big honking. One big honker. Four episodes in one, but not. It's just not. It's still going to be like an hour, but (laughs) (laughs) it's here and we're doing it. And the reason we're doing this is mostly so we can spend more of this season diving into these silly sweet cottagecore fantasies that we've created for you which I'm over the moon about but that is not what we're talking about today today we're talking about books and magic and all the things but because we're really bad at knowing how our own podcast works shale what are you drinking tonight well before I tell you what I'm drinking too the other reason do you not have a drink that was like a Dramatic. No, I do. I do. But the other reason why it's like a big honking single episode is because we're also doing four more like fun activities this season, like a book club. Oh yeah. Book like book club. in. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have not figured out what we're going to do for Herb Corner yet. So stay tuned. That'll be a fun surprise for all of us, but we should do a you should do a floor wash tutorial because you make the most beautiful floor washes. Ooh, I could do that. that I've ever yeah. seen. And we should just do a zoom floor wash. Everyone should clean their floors together. Honestly, we all need to clean our floors more often and especially energetically clean our floors more often. So I'd be yeah. happy to do something like that. And it's basically a tea. So we can talk infusions and we can talk floor washes. So yeah, I love that. But anyway, what am I drinking today? Sorry. Um, so <laughs> everybody's used to us being unhinged here. It's fine. I also have had like a frazzly day where I was running around from one thing to the next. I also just got back. Well, we both just got back from really long holiday vacations, which were good, but you know how that goes. Like you're back and then a thing's done and you do laundry and you start work right away and all that stuff. So I have no groceries and I just did some yoga to like decompress for my day. So I'm like the, the gym girl today, I guess. <laughs> We're drinking just a protein shake, but I made it special because okay. I included adaptogens in it from my favorite herbalist, Cedar Hill Homestead, who makes the best adaptogen elixir, which has like all of the most magical things to help you deal with the stressful parts of your life in here. And it makes, it makes it taste like a chocolate chai. So 
while it's like boring and chill, didn't get her shit together before this episode, kind of a drink. Um, it does have herbal goodness to it. So yay. What are you drinking? <laughs> yay. I am drinking a gin Austin. This really oh. should be a visual medium because I use my hands too much to talk on this. I see what you um, did there with a gin Austin. You're yeah. so good with puns. So it's a gin Austin. Um, but in layman's terms, it's just a London fog with gin in it. <laughs> That's, That's kind of cute though. I like That's James. Solid. Beautiful. I was thinking it's actually, I don't know why I've never put gin in a London fog before because the bergamot and mm, the, juniper. like juniper really work very well together. But I felt like Book Coven needed a cozy, like snuggly warm hug of a drink. This drink kind of feels like our lovely guest today in spirit, trying to like invoke, which is, it's cute. It's cute and cozy, but I've already wasted an insane amount of time being chaotic and weird. And it's mostly just because I'm nervous, guys. I never tell you that. I never tell you when I'm nervous about things, I'm nervous today. (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) Genuinely though, scared. (laughs) So who's our guest today? Who are you all? It's also why I'm sweating about? profusely. Quinn, I did not expect you to have this effect on me, but I should have expected you to have this effect <laughs> on me because I am like, I feel like I'm meeting. It's fine. Don't worry about it's it. Cute. She's like fangirling Quinn. Oh, I'm in love with Quinn. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Nobody worry about it. So we are joined today by one of my very most favorite indie authors slash people who exist on the internet. They exist in real life too. We just haven't met yet. The goal <laughs> is to make you cry so that I'm not the most unhinged person here. Um, we are joined today by Quinn Caslin, who is the author of easily the best sci-fi fantasy novel I've read this year slash my entire life. And we can talk about that, but that's like a whole nother podcast too. But before we start talking about books and magic. Quinn, welcome to the podcast. And what are you drinking? Hello. <laughs> well, you and I match because I'm also drinking tea with gin in it, but mine is iced Stop. tea and it's sweet tea. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Look at that synchronicity right off the bat. So um, so cheers to that. To be. <laughs> cheers. Gin forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's either going to make this worse or better. I will either get progressively worse or better. And I don't I know wish I like gin more. And you know, I'm drinking it in college. So <laughs> <laughs> in an irresponsible way. See, I, I didn't drink enough in college because I went to a sad little Bible college that had 200 people in it before I threatened to run away from home if my parents didn't let me come home. <laughs> so I'm making up for it now. Well, that's, that's the right fair response. Um, well, yeah. we're all about making up for lost time. <laughs> I can attest. We were like pretty solid straight edge kids for a while. Not yeah, always. definitely. <laughs> Not we've uh, we've gotten better at at being unhinged, and we do it and record it. It's so a good skill. Everyone now knows how weird we are in real life. So <laughs> before we talk about books and magic and all of the things. I think one of the reasons I'm so overwhelmed 
by the conversation we're about to have is that there are so many conversations we could be about to have. Like, and this is true of all of our guests. Like, I don't want our guests to listen to this. I don't need Sterling being like, wow, you did not freak out this much when I was on your podcast. Because that's not the case. Everyone who comes on this is multidimensional, incredibly talented, faceted, magical people. But when the most, and I don't know how to, I don't know how to ask the questions in the right order. So we're just going to do it. We're just going to talk about it all. Excuse me while I just crawl (laughs) under my blanket because I I don't know how to have attention directed (laughs) at me. Me either. Um, So I was just shuffling. No one can hear me shuffle anymore. So I don't do cute ASMR shuffles for you because Zoom is dumb. I just pulled our familiar from our literary witch deck. Obviously, we're pulling from our literary witch deck today, but but our familiar is the wolf. And now we're going to draw our witch. Um, So Quinn, this deck is one of my favorites. If you haven't seen it, it's an oracle deck um, by one of my favorite illustrators, but it has this beautiful book of stories and poems that go along with it where um, the authors have reimagined prolific female writers in their own ilk um, from a wide range of of traditions and backgrounds um, through a lens of witchcraft. I've seen it, but I've never like, I've never like played with it myself. Yeah, I always like, really... see it. I'm, like, I should get that at some point. And then I don't. That's me. It's a really fun one and you should get it because it's so good. Um, so we've drawn Angela Carter today. Yay! Which is wildly fitting, excuse me. Um, because we've also drawn the wolf, which is one of her signs. <sighs> Angela okay, Carter. I feel like we've drawn that duo before. Did we draw the wolf with her before? I, I think, think Angela so. just doesn't like to be without what she likes to be with. She knows she knows her familiar. But I also um, feel that's like how I hope to be. Like, we draw cards all the time and I'm like, oh, I think we drew that before and it's not actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. You were just a little bit psychic and you knew we were going to draw that. Yes. That could this be is, too. This is all modern mediums practice, Shu. I was just going to say, this is our modern mediums. With okay. Like, this is a sidebar that is not relevant and I will probably catch it out, but I don't know if you saw the, I think it was I don't think it was Jinx Monsoon, but it was one of the drag queens that I adore was doing, um, Jeremy sent it to me, as uh, she was doing card pulls with an Uno deck. I did. Ed was doing divine readings with Uno and they were actually so good. It's so spot on that I was like, this is wild. I need to start divining with like regular playing cards and just see Please what happens. Please send this to me. Cause yeah, now I'll I find the link and send it. <laughs> it was absolutely hysterical. Okay. Angela Carter. Angela Carter is our fairy godmother of bloody tales, the circus, and mirrors. Angela steps into an elevator with a group of businessmen. The door is shut. She sees that one man has the head of a boar, another a tiger, a lion. Each clutches his briefcase, ornate rings glinting between hairy knuckles, and stares up at the changing floor numbers. Angela is watering roses when a demure female doll in a red riding habit enters the garden. Not another one. Angela rolls her eyes. She takes out her knife and stabs the doll in the heart. The riding habit collapses and a bleeding wolf escapes from under the cloth, dashes out into the garden. 
Dark drops of blood sink into the soil and Angela's roses bloom a deeper, more delicious red. While mourners attend Angela's sober funeral, her soul bows glamorously on a grand stage. She holds hands with two elderly sequined showgirls. And though the audience is empty, the ladies exit to raucous applause. So Angela Carter's feminist fairy tales, which draw on stories like Little Red Riding Hood and Beauty and the Beast, are sumptuous tapestries depicting sexual, violent scenes ornamented with symbols and adjectives. She was fascinated by their performance of femininity, and her works often feature showgirls, trapeze artists, and dolls. Recommended reading for Angela is Enchanted Feminist Tales, The Bloody Chamber, Burlesque Novels, Nights at the Circus and Wise Children, and Feminist non Nonfiction on Sexual Empowerment, The Sadian Woman, and the Ideology of Pornography. I love Angela so much. And you've heard me talk about her excessively. Um, so as also, you're looking up the wolf, I have a question for you. Yes. Why are you not like doing a side hustle of reading audiobooks? Because <gasps> I feel like you'd rock it. Audiobook <laughs> narration true. is truly my dream. Do it. It is so competitive. It is wild, like wildly competitive and so hard to get into. And like, I'd, like I'd need a vocal coach, which is an excuse because Connor Padilla, our dear friend, our dear guest, Connor Padilla, his lovely partner, is a very talented vocal coach. It's not like I couldn't find a vocal coach and do it. Okay. Well, I'm manifesting this for you. But it's just a lot of work and you have to read a lot of really terrible books before you get to do any of the fun ones. I could see that, but you read oh. so quickly. Except that's also a problem that my problem with like what I would need vocal diction for is slowing down. Oh, fair. And like actually enunciating, but I appreciate that. And I will practice more. Um, also just things to keep in mind for Angela, her three, uh, her three signifiers are investigating identity roles and who you are, which I just like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna put the cart ahead of the horse, but we're going to talk about it. And I'm excited about it. <laughs> um, so our wolf represents the self without others, a calling and the great expanse. So mm. keep, keep those in your little noodle while we talk about pursuing callings and finding our identities. Dun, dun, dun. Also, this is- I feel like that so was dumb. really ominous. I, <laughs> I do the Law and Order, it's Law and Order SVU, right? That's dun, dun, dun. I've never actually dun, dun. seen it, but I do it in every single episode. So I've, I've realized that in editing. It's only the two dun-duns. Dun-dun. Oh, is yeah. Okay. <laughs> I only know that because of The Office because I don't really watch Law and Order. <laughs> the third dun was where well, yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna say ominosity, but that's not a word. Ominousness, maybe. Mm -hmm. It Something. can be a word. We'll that's let it be a word. From. It was it, okay. was it was the third done. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to introduce our lovely guest Quintio while hugging their book to my heart because it's my security blanket while I stress out about this interview. <laughs> So we're joined today by Quinn Kesslin, as I said. Quinn is the author of the sci-fi fantasy novel, All Their Astral Light. Um, side note, 
there will be a link in the bio to purchase this beautiful novel. I don't even feel like it is fair to call this a novel, Quinn. This is an epic. Oh, oh gosh. It is, though. <laughs> it's an epic. So I'm rewriting your bio. Quinn is the author of the okay. sci-fi fantasy novel. No, <laughs> epic. Damn it. All their extra light. <laughs> And a non-binary energy worker with certifications as a past life regression therapist, EFT Ooh. practitioner, gravekeeper, and Reiki master. While racking up chronic illnesses like they plan on winning some bizarre competition, they can also be found acting out book scenes in the shower and carrying their cat around the house like an infant. They prefer their skies gray, their graveyards foggy, and their chai lattes hot. Okay, that was one of the best bios I've ever heard. In my this is so cute. Also, all I of your have... titles are amazing. <laughs> I do you see where my problem is now? I'm like, yeah, where, I totally get it. Where does this game even begin? And I guess we'll just it's we'll just start where all way. stories start, and that is at the beginning. So, Quinn, who who are you? Like, who <laughs> who Am even I? are you? Yeah, I guess <laughs> introduce yourself a little bit. Give us a little bit of your background how you got started down any of these paths and we'll just pick one and we'll go. Maybe a better way to phrase this question is which came first, the author or the Oracle? Oh, that one's very easy. Little, little backstory. When I was three years old, I was sitting in the front of a shopping cart and my aunt who was pushing it like slipped and I wound up like breaking my femur. Oh, no. And so I, I couldn't walk for, for a very long time. I was in a cast and my mom was like, okay, you can't do anything else. So you're going to learn how to read. <laughs> so she taught me how to read and pretty much like same time or immediately after she taught me how, like how to write. So pretty much as soon as I could read and write, I fell in love with stories and immediately started writing them, telling them like from the time that I could write, that was, that was always the thing. I like to tell people that like writing is, writing is my first love, like out of everything, that's it. Like it's been with me for 25 years. It will never go away. It has outlasted pretty much every other love of my life. <laughs> so easily easily that came first the others were kind of uh were born much later kind of as I started to leave religion although while while I was still while I was still in uh the the religion that I was kind of born into I did get I went through um what's it called uh, deconstruction uh, well, I mean that too, for sure. Um, my my brain like can see like the letters Y T T. It's like yoga yoga teacher training. Oh, you know, if, yeah. I could, if I could word, I know that would be excellent. Um, this is what it's like to talk to a writer who has ADHD and also memory loss issues. It's really fun. I it's so interesting because I feel like in doing research for this episode, right? There's like the questions questions you're supposed to ask, questions you want to ask, all of the things, right? But I feel like everyone with writers in particular, everyone wants a really cute answer 
to that question of like, how do like, how do you write? What even is that? And I feel like it's such a unique experience for literally every single person who does it, but there's no way that what works for me is going to work for you in the Mm -hmm. same way. Yeah, for sure. No. But when you're writing something that's this honking thick, how many pages? <laughs> like a 500 page epic novel. And you're trying to keep track of all of these things in your brain. Like that's, that's no small feat. And I have to imagine that some level of magic comes into play there. Um, It's mostly just not keeping track of things and then panicking, <laughs> but yeah, magic. That's, that's yeah. a better answer. No, but that is, <laughs> is it not? Like if, if magic isn't just like at its simplest form, like directed all it's just directed energy, right? If we're like really, really breaking down magic to nothing. So however you do it and however it comes out of you (laughs) is valid as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that like all their astral light was like a seven year project too. So notes and Pinterest boards like I things were stashed everywhere like I moved multiple times during seven years like it was it was it was pure chaos and I've attempted to rein it in incrementally (laughs) since then (laughs) I have perhaps succeeded we have yet to find out we will find out because you set yourself up for four more books to write you just decided that (laughs) yes that is well, it, it just sort of happened that way because I realized what the story was that I was telling and it just sort of worked that that's how it needed to space itself out. Like, I definitely didn't go into it being like, I want to write a five book series and this is how it's going to be. Totally. Um, it just like happened that way. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying book two. I take a really, really, really long time to write a first draft. And that's because I edit as I write, which are technically not supposed to do, but I don't care. So (laughs) I get a first draft that looks like a third draft and then the edits fly by. And then I'm like, wait, what's happening? Um, But yeah, it takes me a hot minute for a first draft. So people will be like, how many words do you have? And I'm like, I don't want to tell you (laughs) because you're going to be sad, (laughs) but but that's because I take longer at this part and less time writing more drafts. So it evens out, I promise. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is a silly question, but I feel like it's relevant here. Um, it's one of my favorite interview questions that I'm so excited. I've seen people ask writers specifically. And it also reminds me of... So have we all seen New Girl, the television show New Girl? Obviously. Well, there's a scene in like the later seasons when Nick is writing his book where he's asked <laughs> to describe it and he can't. He like, he has no words and then Jess just like pops in and is like, oh, it's about a man who, you know, risks everything to gain whatever and blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. it's, it's very similar to this question, which is without summarizing any plot, like mm-hmm. no actual like storyline plot. What is your book about? 
Hmm. Like for our readers, like what, what is, is this the energetic like... soul of this book? Oh, okay. But, but also okay, not, I... it can be anything. If you're like, <laughs> oh, it's about dried hunks of meat and crusty bread. Like that can be an answer too. <laughs> I, I think the this... more like idiosyncratic your answers are sometimes the better. So no rules. This almost reminds me of like that, like trend that went around like a couple years ago that was like, explain this badly. And it's yeah. like, to this day, is like one of my favorite things to like go read. Yes, I, explain your novel badly. Please. I think it's the funniest thing. Mm. Oh man, this might, might take me a second here. It can take a minute. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy question. Shale, while Quinn is thinking, what do you think our podcast is about? If we asked ourselves this. Yeah, I question. knew you were going to ask me something similar. I'm like, I was just in here <laughs> thinking like, I'm really glad that I didn't get asked this question. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel the power of being in the hot seat. Um, what do I think our podcast is about if I describe it badly? I mean, like the only word that's like coming to my mind is unhinged. And I'm like, is it that really that badly though? Because that's pretty think accurate. We're as unhinged as we think we are. Yeah. All over the internet. All right. Well, I'll let you keep thinking about it. But you're not getting away with answering. <laughs> what do you think, Quinn? Do you have one? I do. I think that my book is really at its heart about a bunch of people who are just really allergic to rocks. It's just <laughs> really unfortunate. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. Uh, um, that's great. That said, read your trigger warnings before you order it. But yeah, that's the gist. I love okay. it. I, I thought of one. Okay. We're two little lost dust mites just trying to find their broom. Oh, <laughs> that's really sweet. I feel like, I feel like they're going to make an animated movie about you. <laughs> you should. Also, somehow you With throw more in there. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Ooh, this is an interesting one. Sorry, I'm plagiarizing interview questions from some of my favorite journalists right now. Ooh, this is such a good one. Without using complete sentences and with no follow-up questions from us. This is a great question because you have seven years to draw on. What was happening in your life while you were writing this book? No complete sentences, like just mm, like okay. overarching themes. Okay. Okay. Do they have to be complete words? Mm -mm. Okay, perfect. Ah! <laughs> there you go. That is, that is the seven years. That's all awesome. seven. <laughs> That's perfect. That's a beautiful answer. It's, it's honestly more accurate than I wish it was, but what have you. That makes me so happy. Oh, okay, so... One more silly question, and then we're going to take our imaginary break for the ad, and then we'll actually like dive into the meteor, the meteor stuff. Do you have any like funny, like writing quirks? Do you have anything that like, I cannot sit down at this computer and write words without this thing happening first or without like having something with you? Yeah, I have to have like three things to drink at all times like one for hydration and one for caffeine and one just for fun for some reason. <laughs> and like, I 
almost always like will have like the same song on repeat the entire time that I'm writing a chapter. So I have to like pick my song and then I can write. That's interesting. That feels magical. <laughs> but two well, questions. like in my brain, it it like it it works almost like I'm like watching it like a movie. So it's like a backing track. I don't know. So two questions. Do you either do a lot of dishes because you always have three glasses or are there times where you just mix them all into one and it's like a concoction? No, I literally never do dishes because that is my least favorite chore and it Fair. makes everything sensory inside of me scream. Same. And B, no, because ew. <laughs> I was sitting here like, what could be hydrating with caffeine, but also fun? And I was hoping it might come up with like some sort of like magical drink. <laughs> if you, if you find one, let me know, because that would streamline a lot of my life. Same. Yeah. We will put that out into the universe. Anybody who has the answer yeah. to that concoction, please let us know. Write Shale us in on never, Instagram. Shale never goes anywhere without a gallon sized mason jar. That's very true. So like... As a matter of fact, I just had mine up here, but I took it downstairs with me before. Her <laughs> emotional support ball jar full of whatever magical concoction she's having. Okay. 6.36. Our timing is good. We're going to take a super quick break, Ouija babies, and be right back after this quick massage from our sponsors, Thinning of the Veil Apothecary. Hey, lovely listeners, are you as obsessed with my co-host as I am? Who am I getting? Of course you are. So for even more herbal goodness, make sure you're following thinningoftheveil.apothecary on Instagram and check out Shale's website at thinningoftheveilapothecary.com. Here you'll find her gorgeous blog, herbal offerings, consultation information, and a beautiful community that grows bigger every day. You don't want to miss this journey. And thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. See you online. And we're back. <laughs> this is the most unhinged part of this whole thing is our fake <laughs> ad breaks. Okay, so let's talk about writing. Let's talk about writing. Let's talk about writing as a spiritual practice. And... Before I talk about what that means to me, I'm just curious about what that means to you, because I feel like it's a pretty broad umbrella. So are there ways in which your writing is, I mean, that's not even the right way to phrase that, but just what is, what does writing as a spiritual practice mean to you? I mean, I, I feel like anything can be a spiritual practice slash. I feel like, I feel like that totally depends on you know how anyone views a spiritual practice to begin with like to me yeah. I I think it can be easily just because it's how I do so much processing um and so for me like that processing that makes me a better human which makes me a better energy worker which makes me a better writer which makes me like all around in a circle forever and ever and ever like anything that helps me do that is a spiritual practice. So in that way it is, I don't journal as much as I used to, but I definitely, um, 
I definitely feel like the way that I write and even the, like some of the content that's like in what I write and what I write about feels very much like a spiritual practice to me. And I don't know, I don't know if I can quantify it any more than the fact that it feels that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No, I think that's, that's perfectly valid and kind of just a point that I've wanted to illustrate with this episode two, where like, we are all about kind of the magically mundane here and bringing elements of, of magic of whatever spirituality practice you have, whatever that may be, whatever it looks like into like these everyday mundane actions. And I feel like it's, yeah, it's it's a broad question and it's not easily answered because it can encompass so many different things. But I feel like writing and just words and magic have such a powerful intersection and just in how in how we invoke things too, right? And whether you're actively sure. writing in your practice or if you're, you know, working with with a mantra or if you're doing any sort of spell crafting that requires, you know, creative thought from your brain, which should be most of your spell practice, probably. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's really interesting to see kind of how, how people bring that magic to kind of to the everyday. Um, but a question that shout out to our friend, Ethan, Mr. Bex, he asked me to ask you, does magic influence your writing? And are you even conscious of it? Or do you work to keep those two aspects of yourself relatively separate? As an outside observer of your Instagram, which is basically how I know you, (laughs) right? Like the very limited window of interactions in how I, like in how you're perceived from a third party with like a significant amount of interest in the matter, but we're going to pretend like I'm a genuine (laughs) third party observer. I feel like more recently these roads have kind of intertwined maybe more than they have um, in just like some of the content that you've been writing in your captions or some of the poetry that you've been posting. I feel like, feel like portals are being unlocked and I want to talk about it. Well, what's so funny is that I never, like I've never had a writing Instagram until like literally like a few months ago. Like my, my Instagram was always like about like the spiritual work that I do. So it's always funny to me, like when, when people like ask questions like this, because like, um, I don't know for people who like engage with me, like in real, like face-to-face life, like both of these things are so interwoven. Like, I don't know how to separate them. And I, I think like anytime because both of these things are such a big part of me, but they're also both like work. Um, it's very hard for me to know how to project them or like how to mm. hand them to the world <laughs> because part of it is so um, like so personal and so vulnerable because it's like a piece of me, but then it's also what I do for work. So it's like, it's a job. And for for the last like four years, like I've pretty much just like written poetry and like talked about spirituality. And that's like what my Instagram has been. And then it really wasn't until, I mean, like little bits here and there starting about a year ago or a little more than that, but it was kind of like, that was like 
the side to everything else, I started posting things about my book. And then like earlier this year when I was like, okay, like I need to like advertise this more because it's going to be time to publish. Then all of a sudden, like all of bookstagram like found me and I was like, oh, apparently I have a bookstagram now. <laughs> like I know what's happening. And about the same time, I also kind of had to be a little bit more um, on the low down with like some of my personal life just because um, I was like going through a divorce and I had to be careful what I was posting. So it was just easier to not write poetry and things that were inspired by my life and then post it. Um, not that I didn't want to, just that it was safer not to. Yeah. Um, so it just sort of happened that it became a lot of book content, but that wasn't even really um, the goal. <laughs> like that wasn't the intent even, and it just sort of happened that way. So for me, they're very much um, intertwined and uh it'll be interesting moving forward because I think a lot of people who have followed me in the past six months are very like unprepared for like the the other part of me that also exists there and they just haven't seen it because they hopped on the train more recently but it'll be interesting as far as like writing goes and being like influenced by my spirituality I mean literally like my book series is called the Starberry Archives Starberries are a type of crystal um and like the lore about them is that they were buried in the earth by past civilizations encoded with wisdom. And that when you meditate with them and when you sit with them, you can access that. And that's like, that's the name of like my book series. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, if nothing else, very inspired by it. It's for anyone who's read your novel, I don't think... I don't think it comes as a surprise in the way that maybe some people who just found you via bookstagram, but maybe mm -hmm. haven't dipped a toe in yet might not see. Um, but I feel like it's, it, it, as a reader, it's very heavily influenced, which is one of the reasons I enjoyed reading your book so much mm -hmm. too, was because it has all of these, these different layers and a lot of like a lot of healing that happens for mm -hmm for both your reader and all of your characters, which is not an easy thing to do. So kudos, good job. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I just, it's it's so funny, right? Just that concept too of, of the mask you show the world, right? Like whatever highlight reel is happening on your Instagram at the time, right? And I've only known you since you've been on Bookstagram because that's how we mm -hmm. met was because mm -hmm. you initially reached out about having a copy crystallized. So it was like, had that well, yeah, I literally happen. found like crystallized books and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> please do this. So Quake started <laughs> as the like fan freak out. And then I just like took it over. <laughs> like, let me take this from you and turn it around uh... on you in a much weirder, more intense way. Um, so I'm glad that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love let's let's switch gears then too and let's let's talk about some of those other titles let's talk about yes that's what I'm excited about too because yeah, there were so many of them that you're comfortable um talking about kind of your your background in energy work what that looks like for you I would love for you just speaking about um about the power of words and how we how we speak about ourselves how we identify I would love if you would talk about the word oracle 
and what that means to you Mm -hmm. and how that, um, just how that kind of shows up in your world life existence. And I'm giving you like 40 questions at once. So I'm going to stop doing that and answer (laughs) the one that I asked. Um, Tell tell us about you. I just, I have on my notes here on this side, I literally just have the word gravekeeper in all caps. Yeah. That's the one that like stood out (laughs) to me too. I was like, that's amazing. I'm like, talk talk about it. Can you talk about it? Yeah. Um, Well, I'm actually going to start with Oracle because I love that you ask that um, specifically Uh, Because that's actually, that's a term that's like extremely near and dear to my heart. And my dear friend, Stephanie Green, um, who is on Instagram and who is wonderful. And anybody who is looking for energy work that's based in like a lot of like consent and like beautiful wonderfulness should follow her. Hers is just love Stephanie Green. She does a lot of research into like old archetypes and does a lot of work with that, which is just amazing. And so she messaged me and was like, Oh my God, you have to like, like, I have to show you what I found. Because Oracle has just always been what feels truest for me. Like, as soon as I heard the term, I was like, That's mine. Like, I never really super identified with the term witch. Um, not because there's anything wrong with it, just because it didn't seem to fit. And as soon as I heard Oracle, I was like, yeah, that's me. And so Stephanie sent me a message. She's like, you, you, you've got to see this. And so she's telling me about the origins of Oracles and how witches have always been those who work with the everyday, who are there, you know, like through all the seasons, who, you know, work with the consistent Um, beautiful mundane flow of life all this kind of stuff and then oracles were the ones who would kind of hermit and go away from the world for long periods of time and they would appear or come into the world like out out of their little hermity shell during seasons of deep change or upheaval when that was something that the world needed or you know, they were who uh, people of um, high status would go to try to find and consult when things were changing that seemed outside of the norm of how seasons and life cycles work. And she then went on, she was like, but this is like the coolest part is oracles were considered genderless and outside of gender. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm like sobbing and I've got like, you know, chills all over my body. Like, how did I like pick this having no idea how well it fit? And so, you know, that just kind of sealed the deal for me. That is, uh, that's my term. And so that's, that's why that is mine. And that's so special to me. But uh, something that I specialize in that's um, kind of what I, what I consider my thing is um, death work. And so I do a lot of work surrounding um, the life cycle and like the multiple kinds of cycles within life that are small deaths. And I do a lot of grief work. A couple of years ago, I led um, the school of death work um, that basically just walked people through lots of different things from um, how we have been raised and conditioned to fear and avoid death and um, why that's the case and how that gives the wrong people power because they can take power when you are living in fear of certain things. And we talked about how um, certain communities around the world have had their 
uh, their death practices ripped away from them or lost to time due to colonialism and you know how we can honor that in our death work practice. And we talked about various kinds of ritual. And we talked about um, you know the um, there's like a seven year cycle and a three year cycle that we go through consistently that where you know our physical bodies and our um, energy bodies are both kind of going through a cycle of life and death. And you know we walk through all this kind of stuff and the term that I kind of created for that whole thing, the 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 school and then like for myself was gravekeeper because essentially one of the things that we talk about is like guides who who govern govern death. And so we talk about um, Inanna and we talk about um, Lilith and we talked about so many, so many. Um, and then we talk about how death is kind of a portal and how we can look at, you know, the grave as being like this monument to this space. It's like this sacred place where we stand on this ground that's like both and. And, you know, like those who understand that and who have gone through the process of walking through that for themselves are able to kind of keep watch over that ground and be the caretaker of it and, you know, be able to walk other people through that. And so we just call that being a gravekeeper. So um, that is, that's where that term comes from. I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> One of the things that I was thinking of as you were talking about that, Quinn, is in a lot of the herb circles that I'm in, there's this, this concept of midwifing, right? That's pretty commonly associated with witches and um, it's really interesting because it's been coming up in a lot of the circles that I'm in. They're all using the term midwifing, but there's also been a lot of talking about um, midwifing death and mm -hmm. how that's something that, to your point, that's like something that society is is kind of coming to terms with because we do so much work around birth and bringing life into the world, but then we shy away from death, which is in and of itself this huge magical transition and really should be centered around a lot of care and a lot of community support and, and all of the things that you spoke to. And I just wonder what the world would be like if we didn't have this fear around it. And if we were able to see it for what it is and, and see it as this like portal of transformation and see the ways that it shows up in our life throughout all of the seasons too. And one of the things that we've talked about with Hannah, who's also a death worker, um, on this podcast is that if you were in, it's similar to what you had just said, but if we were able to walk beside death, what that would look like, if it's not something that we're always like seeing in this like inevitable, inevitable shadow, that's like always hunkering over us, but instead walk with it as if it's a friend, what our life could be like and what that would open our perceptions to. Because if you acknowledge that it's something that's inev inevitable, I cannot say that word tonight. <laughs> um, would you fear as much as you do, or would you be more willing to open yourself to opportunities that come down the line um, that you might not otherwise, because we tend to think that it's just not going to happen to us, even though <laughs> literally there's not one person yet that has not experienced death. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's really beautiful that that is also interwoven into every other element of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, just like being somebody who has experienced such a wide and varied array of like 
types of transitions and death in in my life makes it something that is easier to like see and like like again one of the things that we talk about or talked about in the school of death work that I led is like one of the reasons there's so much fear around it is because it's like it's like shh don't talk about that Mm-hmm. Like, of course, it's scary. Like, of course, it's scary if, like, you're not allowed to talk about it. It's this huge, terrifying mystery that, like, and then, you know, like, when it happens, like, we're usually, like, we're not allowed to mourn it. Like, we're not allowed to spend yeah. as much time as we want there. Like, yeah. like everything is, um, everything is truncated. And so um, when, when you start to like honor the process and give it the amount of time that it requires, like it becomes a much less scary and abrupt thing because then it's just a thing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So what, what is something, what is one of your favorite things that you offer? Honestly, I think my, my favorite kind of session to do with people is, um, past life regression. Okay, cool. It's the most fun for me, mostly because people are always surprised (laughs) and they always, they always have, um, you know, like the, like preconceived idea of what it's going to be like. And then it never is, you know, generally for the better, (laughs) (laughs) um, but it's, it's, it's just really cool because like, it's, it's not, it's not mine, but it's, it's amazing. It kind of feels like somebody's just like taking my hand and like walking me around like a day in the life, you know, but like mm-hmm. maybe it was a hundred years ago or maybe it's, you know, whatever it is. And it's, it's, it's really lovely. Like it's, it's so special. And then just like watching people kind of like their eyes light up and be like, oh my God, like that was real. And I'm like, yeah isn't that cool like you know or where those like past lives show up in your modern not modern but the current life that you're in and you like make clicks as to why certain things Mm -hmm. are going the way they are why you react a certain way to something it's just fascinating to me yeah totally that's so cool so how did how did that start like how did you get started in that work I actually uh remembered uh, a particularly traumatic past life and it went badly <laughs> because I had no resources and um, the resources that were out there were unhelpful and I was like I don't want people to be <laughs> to like have the same experience I would so much rather give somebody like a container to like have this experience in where like they're not afraid of what's happening and it just sort of like spiraled from there. I, I got my certification and, um, you know, just started offering sessions and like instantly fell in love. Um, yeah. That sounds amazing. That's always something I've wanted to do as a past life regression. So now that I know you do them, I'm probably gonna be hitting you up. (laughs) It's the best. Yeah, because I feel like it's it's another one of those things. It's like you and me in seance, right? Originally, Shale, where like mm-hmm. all right. these things in your mind are built up, what you've consumed over the years, all this like fun religious trauma in the back of that brain that's like, this is all horrifying and scary and dark and whatever. And it can be, it can be. We're not here to pretend mm-hmm. like everything's all sunshine and rainbows because it's definitely not. But I feel like past life stuff is always something I've been deeply curious about but also had a lot of fear Mm -hmm. I mean that's super common yeah and like it's 
like what I try to tell people is like a past life is just like this one like yeah. there are good parts and there are bad parts and there are parts that are super boring and there are like you know it's just like I mean like I've, I've had people just like remember like growing up on a farm and then marrying the guy who lives in the farm across the way <laughs> yeah and then living at the farm the rest of their life you know like like they're totally like that and then there are some that are like chaotic and they bounce all over the place and it's just different for everybody but like the amount like everybody's almost everybody is like oh what is just my imagination or like oh like you know it's I'm, I'm probably gonna you know remember something that's like just absolutely out out the wazoo traumatic or whatever and I'm like the likelihood of these things happening is not like zero but it's very unlikely I mean like I've done dozens of these and I can like two or three of them were like really traumatic and and even that like because of the training that I have and because of the way that I do these like people come out of them not traumatized you know like like the the whole point is to be able to like move through it and recall it so that you can like you know actually like complete the thing and not just have this Mm -hmm. half-formed thought hovering over your shoulder but now it's like it's finished like it's 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 not as scary as people crack it up to be and when people say you know oh it's probably my imagination I'm like okay but like when you were a kid what was your imagination Right. Like, was it really just, was it really you making things up? Like, really? Yeah. Like, I bet you it wasn't. (laughs) Well, and it's so fascinating too, when you start seeing like the, the science side of this, right. Where people are starting to really understand how previous generations actually pass their trauma through Mm -hmm. DNA, right? And how our bodies remember the trauma, like even though it's not our body, our bodies remember the trauma of our great, 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 great grandparents, right? And how that actually shapes us into the future. And so I think there's such an interesting intersection of where those two things can meet to really understand, Mm -hmm. okay, here's here's the past life you went through and here's where it shows up in your body, right? Mm -hmm. And how you can actually heal that on a physical level as well as an energetic level is just like, it's, it's like hard to wrap your mind around, but at the same time, like, is one of those things where it's like, yeah, that, that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll say the, the other thing that gets me really excited is not like a consistent session that I offer, but I do, I've, I've done it, I think I've taught it three times now. So this, this year will be like the fourth and fifth time that I'll offer it. But I do like a, um, like a one day, like intensive, it's like it's like four or five hours long and I do it on the sacred masculine and feminine and I teach it from the perspective of a non-binary person so nothing is gendered um and I it's it's one that's very important to me and very special to me because I think that both of them are highly misunderstood and taught improperly and in ways that are not super ethical most of the time um so it's it's one that's super 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 special to me and every single time without fail it's the one that like the most people walk away from and are like oh my god like that's that's it isn't it and I'm like yeah that's it (laughs) like so I think it's not it's not like a session that I offer but it's like it's it's the thing that I get like like if you could ask me what are like the three things that I could talk about for hours and hours and hours that's like that's number one every time without fail 
Okay, so, yeah. so what's number two and number three? Um, probably writing and like past life regressions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So freaking cool. Well, so something that all of these things have in common um, is the amount of energetic work that it takes to do any of it from writing, whether you're writing a novel, whether you're just doing like a sacred journaling practice that's completely yours, whether you're writing poetry, whether you're doing any sort of energetic work. So how do you take care of you? What do you do to recharge from all of this? Um, what fills you back up? Some, I think some, some of the writing feels, feels like it fills me back up because, because that's what it is. And I mean, like, one of one of my favorite fun facts ever about writing stories is that if you put enough energy into something everything is made out of energy so technically that means it's real um and so it means you've made a real thing which is why I consider it to be totally legit when people say that fictional characters are guides because I think that's legit because they're yeah, real things. I love, that. Oh, um, I love that. And so I think in like a large part, like worlds that are already so full and created, like um, you know, the world that all their astral light takes place in, it's, it's like it's almost like it fills me back up because I've put so much into it that it's like it's its own entity at so this going point. home. Yeah. And so like some days are more draining than others, but I think a lot of the time it it hands itself right back to me. But for me, I mean, a lot of reading. I love reading, playing with my cat. I'm um, I'm the kind of person who like I don't like I'm I'm a like don't touch me person unless you're like one of the two human beings that I like, and then I'm like I'm tasted to you forever. <laughs> I'm like congrats. Girl. So like for me, it's like just like pasting myself to like to my partner while he watches football and I read. <laughs> um and and I have my cat who's on me. <laughs> um so that that's a big one is like, you know, snuggles and uh and reading are are big ones for me. Or or like um in like the fall and winter, like like being out like in nature or like at a coffee shop that has like some big windows or um, yeah. something like that. Yeah. It's the little things y'all. So cozy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what mm -hmm. are, and now we're like coming into our time here, but um, what are your books that are not your own? <laughs> uh, what realms do you return to when you need to recharge that aren't yours? Like what are your safe haven books? Mm -hmm. Um, well, the first book that was ever like my safe haven book, it was the first book I ever bought for myself. And I bought it from a library sale for 25 cents when I was like six or something, um, was a little princess. Oh, either of you read that as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still have the copy that I bought when I was a little kid and I read it every single winter. Um, so that one's really special to me the books of Pelinor Quartet that no one has ever heard of, but oh, I think no. is like one of the best fantasy epics of all time. That world is one of my favorites ever. It's very much like um, based on 
Irish and Scottish, like, uh, Ooh, um, I'm into it already. I can tell. What's, <laughs> like, like elementals and yeah, like, oh gosh, that kind yeah. of a thing. Guys, it's so good. Like Ooh. literally the, the author wrote this thing at the beginning, like all like fake that was like basically saying these books are just like transcribed from like these scrolls that were found, whatever. And it was so well done that people were like emailing her, like, wait, where were these scrolls found? Like legit, like so many, like, I like, like she was the first person to make me be like, this is what I want to be like when I grow up. I want to be her. That's so cool. I so, so I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, so that yes. can be a that can be a book yes. coven pick. I was yes. just gonna say that sounds like absolutely something you should have a book coven. <laughs> yes, and most recently um, would be the uh, the locked tomb series. Oh yeah, and um, the wayward children series. Yeah, my so TV is getting longer. I, I mean, Wayward Children is probably the the book series that like, like it like it's it, it's a little dark, um, but it like wakes up my inner child like none other. It's literally about like children who like stumbled through doors into other worlds and then came back, mm-hmm. and That's their all families I've ever are wanted like, for my whole you're life. insane, like but like their families are like you're insane, like, like you're, you're crazy. not the child that I knew. And so they send them away to this school that's run by a woman who did that when she was young and came back and she started the school. And it's like, it's it kind of like dark and creepy. Like all these worlds are not like all sunshine and rainbows, but it has like so much amazing, like queer rep. And like, like in the very first book, like the main character is asexual and there's a trans character and like all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's, blended and that's the wayward children yes they're all novellas too so they're like a really quick like palette cleanser in between oh perfect nice they're awesome yeah highly recommend fantastic um okay I think all of my main questions have been hit upon shale do you have any final thoughts I don't. This has just been like a very fascinating discussion and you're just such an interesting person. Like I could, <laughs> I'd like, like we were saying earlier, I'm like, wow, okay. I see what Cheyenne means by. Right, like, like, I just so don't even know. Directions. We've like barely tugged on all these. Yeah. Little I feel like, I, like mm-hmm. we could, yeah, go I so feel deep. like it's like a teaser and I'm just like, oh, but there's so many more things we should talk about. We don't have time <laughs> there. So <laughs> hopefully you'll be back soon. <laughs> yeah. I would love to be back. This has been the most fun. Well, and this. Oh my God. We never asked Quinn what they're drinking. Yeah, we did. No, we didn't. We yes, asked we did. Yeah. I was Are like, you drunk? Attack. I was Are like, you drunk on our podcast? Panic. <laughs> I was so the stressed Absolute out. panic. <laughs> okay, yes, because you both had the synchronicity of gin in the tea. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that was scary. Quinn and I are in love. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Anyhow, I guess, um, Quinn, where can people find you? Um, I am Conjuring Quinn on um, Instagram. And I just I just got a Hive account because apparently that's the thing to do now. I, someone needs to explain it to grandma over here. Hey, what's it called? Hive. Hive. Okay, that makes me like, a boomer too then. <laughs> 
it's well it's literally brand new I only just heard about it um but it's kind of like if um like tumblr and twitter and myspace all had like a less toxic baby okay it's okay, I'm in. that's like, like normally like, like i hear about a new social media and i'm like no i'm done but that sounds you can ideal. you can put like music to play on your profile i know cute teenager self is so excited right now (laughs) I know and it it was started by like these two girls who just like learned to code in college and they were like we're gonna do this and so it has like really good like guidelines and stuff that actually make sense for the world that we live in um I've been on for like a total of three days um but it seems cool (laughs) okay well I'm downloading right after this episode so (laughs) but on there I am uh author Quinn Cass like C-A-S okay um so all of this will be in the show notes slash the Instagram caption so there you go show notes if you're not sure we'll have links for you yeah yeah wow I feel like this hour went by so fast it really did did we even talk about anything (laughs) um do you have any any right like any remaining pearls pearls of wisdom if we didn't touch on anything that you were like I really wanted to say something about this or per witch and slips the floor is yours or if there's nothing else that you're like dying to scream at our listeners we end all of our episodes with a per witch and slip which is our gift to our listeners every week that they can take from this episode and go forth into their lives and apply so sometimes a provision slip is really simple like drink some fucking water (laughs) and other times a provision slip is like face all your inner demons and figure it out but (laughs) the the range is there The range is there. So based on like what we've talked about today, the work you do, what nugget of quinsdom, it didn't quite work. Would you- That actually kind of did though. I kind (laughs) of love that. Like I tried. I don't think I'm wise enough to live up to this. (laughs) I feel like you are because I do not feel like it is just any old witch off the street who can hear the word oracle and claim it and know that it's their own. Like that, that uh, comes with some fucking wisdom. Mm-hmm. Whether you want it to or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be deep though. No pressure. Well, I'm looking at my notes because I made notes after you sent me that email because I was like, I know I'm going to get asked something and everything in my brain is going to leave. Yeah. Me. What, what's on um, your notes? <laughs> Um, well, one thing that I had written for, you had asked about like the power of words and working magic. I don't know. I think it just like goes along with what I was saying about like, like people who write stories, like are literally creating whole entities that exist now. Um, but I think that's true of like anything, right? Like if you put enough energy into it, like it's now like, it's now a whole thing that you've made. <laughs> yeah (laughs) and then it like yeah and then it keeps like echoing like you know just the way that everything is so connected like it echoes like all the way out into like the farthest reaches of the universe um I don't know I feel like just like remembering that sometimes is enough to like 
pull me out of feeling like this thing that I'm doing is pointless. Yeah. I love that. Take I think that that's a for beautiful... what you will. No, that's <laughs> a beautiful for rich and slip. I think it's, it's like an ego death question a little bit too, right? Like, yeah, sometimes the meaning isn't the point. The meaning is in the creation. Yeah. So there's your provision slip. Go forth and create. Put all of your energy into something this week. If you've been holding off on a new project, if something has been on the back burner, it can be really simple. It can be really deep. It can be writing a novel. It can be finally organizing your spice rack. Like whatever it is, put 100% of yourself in it and see what happens. See what magic happens. Go forth and conquer, witches. Cheers to that. Cheers, babies. Cheers, cheers. Quinn. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm eat algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers. <laughs>